Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Hopefully nobody out there minds. I wanted to talk about the various companies that are laying off workers for two points of contention. Number one has to do with the pandemic and things that took place during the pandemic. Number two has to do with the, at least the inflation on the surface. And I'll dig into what I'm talking about here. First, let me back up and just kind of go down the list of at least the ones I'm aware of. Of course, this list is not exhaustive, just of what I'm aware of. We know Twitter has been cutting people. Now, the difference with Twitter is that it largely has been getting rid of, in their minds, people that were excessive, wasteful, that there was just too many people on the books. That was largely Twitter. But what also happened is that during the pandemic, a lot of these companies overstaffed because what happened, let's take Amazon as an example. Amazon had to staff up because pretty much you were forced to get some sort of delivery service for things you needed. You couldn't go to the mall, couldn't go to the stores. And so they staffed up for this, but they also staffed up for the various holidays as they tend to do. And what tends to happen frequently is that companies will staff up, but they don't really need those people on a permanent basis. They only need them for a short-term something, like to create something or maybe one of the bosses just has an idea. So a good idea, a good one to think about is the, You know, the whole Amazon, I forget what they called it, but the one where they would set up a store and you could just walk in there, pick up a product and walk out and it would just charge you your phone. And then the bookstores that Amazon was doing, these were like experiments that Amazon was doing. And unfortunately, after some time, they realized that, okay, this isn't going to work. And then they have to shut it down. Well, there's people's jobs at stake because you got the stockers, people to stock those things. There is some security on those stores. There's the people who clean it, right? There's, there's still jobs. No matter what people will tell you, no matter what the media will tell you, you can have all the automation in the world. You're always going to have people in part of the process because people are, they run lockstep with a good process, with a good business model. You're always going to have people. You're never going to be able to automate every single job. It's not possible. And reality kind of set in, at least from what I can tell, reality set in when we started seeing that some of these lofty vision things just weren't going to work. Like if you think about it, you're still ultimately getting deliveries from a human, whether that's a package or your food or whatever it is, you're still getting deliveries from a human. There are some colleges that have like a robot running around delivering pizzas and that's fine, but I'm talking the mainstream, the normal, regular everyday person, because it's not sustainable to have everybody getting a delivery from a computer. It just wasn't going to work. Then we see things like Amazon Hub and all these things. Somebody still has to put the package in there. Somebody still has to secure it. Somebody still has to monitor it. No matter what, you always got people in the mix. But a lot of these companies, they'll overstaff because they're trying to keep up with demand. When the demand goes down, they get rid of those people. 
We're no longer in a world where the people are retained because they have other qualities that could be used in other parts of the business. Rather now, it is we need you when we need you and we don't when we don't. In the past, this took the form of temp labor. You would simply go to a temp agency of some kind, like an Apple One or something else, and for a two, and you knew two or three months you're going to be in this deal. My two endeavors, their contract, right? I don't work for any company. I work for myself. Their contract, as part of the contract, they pay me a rate. One of them pays me the rate I want. One of them doesn't. But the point is I get paid on a contract basis for the work that I do. I am not beholden then to them in any form. I choose to show up and I choose to do the work the way I do it. In the other contract that I'm referring to, this temp labor, you're pretty much beholden to whatever they tell you and you're an employee of the temp agency as it is, but it's only for like a two month, three month type period. You'll see hiring runs for like different customer service jobs for trash companies or something else. And they'll say, yes, we need it for seasonal. No problem. These layoffs that we're talking about, they're not just seasonal people. A lot of these are people that were hired permanently. They were hired full-time. And as hired full-time, there was an expectation that they were going to retain their job. They were brought in because it was going to be a permanent thing. So you think about the people that went in on these jobs. If they didn't plan for something temporary, they may not have a fallback. Going down the list, and I'll talk about each one, DoorDash. And you're like, well, DoorDash is contract labor. No, the people who deliver are contract, yes, but the people who are let go are actual employees. These are people that full-time worked at DoorDash. DoorDash does have full-time people. They have people in IT, people in administrative, people, they, they have people all over the place, legal, right? They have all sorts of employees. They laid off 1,200 employees. That's about 30% of the workforce. The number 30% is going to come up a lot, and I'll get to why I find that suspicious here in a second. But DoorDash is another great example during the pandemic. They had to staff up because they had to keep up with demand because essentially you were forced to use these services when it was a pandemic. A lot of these stores simply would not let you in the store because they couldn't. You had to deliver from one of these store services like DoorDash or Uber Eats or Grubhub or whatever just to get food if you were ordering out. In some cases, like say Instacart, you had to order from them in order to get groceries because those were in most cases closed. Kraken, if you don't know what Kraken is, that's okay. It's a cryptocurrency exchange. 30% of the workforce, 1,100 workers. The large reason that Kraken is having to crack down has to do with the fact that cryptocurrency has been hurting. Cryptocurrency has been hurting because the broader economy has been hurting, which is a byproduct of the inflation, but also sentiment has been harmed. So Kraken is not exempt from the, the issues that we're seeing, but the number, the 30% of the headcount is rather staggering because you got to think about, that means that's, that for them, that's poor poor planning their reserves are probably in question if they have to if they had to hire that many people at some point so basically during the so-called bull run which would have been 2021 and they didn't estimate okay do we really need this many people or do we not because with cryptocurrency at least some of these businesses they still have you know administrative people and you know janitorial etc but they would you would assume need less people so that's another one H&M, which I'm not personally familiar with, but it's a fashion company, H&M, 1,500 jobs. I don't know what the percentage is, but apparently this is a company out in Sweden. Don't know what the percentage is, but allegedly what they said was that there's less demand for their products. That doesn't surprise me. And the cost of living increases. Cost of living increases are all over the board. That's happening everywhere. 
reverse mortgage funding. Never heard of them, but it's a LLC. And they're cutting 80% of their workforce, 80% of the workforce. And they pretty much tied it directly to interest rates, the cost of financing, the cost of mortgages. And allegedly what they were doing is working with senior citizens for this service. And I, again, I can't imagine why 80% of the workforce needed to be cut. That tells me either you were grossly padded or they're greatly struggling. Probably both, I would assume. Because right now is really challenging in order to buy a home, I would assume. Spectrum Pharmaceuticals, 30% of the workforce. I'm aware of Spectrum Pharmaceuticals at at least a high level. Uh, they got rejected for a proposal. So I, I don't know, but that one's kind of strange because they were involved with cancer medications. So I would assume they would be in some strong demand, but I guess not. Message Bird uh, is a messaging tool. And this is probably competition related. AMC Networks, this is not the movie, but AMC Network is a different deal. Never heard of this particular org, but they're laying out 20% of their workforce. Furniture Industries, uh, hiring companies, Alphabet, which is the parent company over Google, is laying off 10,000 employees, which is 6% of its workforce that they claim are poor performing employees. So basically they're cutting the waste, which is inspired, again, by what Twitter was doing. If it's somebody where they're not, you know, what they're, it's like a stack ranking thing. If they find that people are not performing at a certain level or greater, they're cutting those people. It begs the question, well, why did it take you so long to do that? Hewlett Packard, once a monster in all technology, is a fraction of itself. 6,000 employees over the next three years. HP, HP is unique because they've tried to diversify into different things. They tried phones, they've tried computers, everything you can think of, printers, right? That's printers is what they were mainly known for when the boom happened. Prior to that, it was, you know, other types of hardware. And then later, computers and phones and everything else. And they've, everything they've tried just simply hasn't stuck. Cisco for the networking, 4,000 employees, 5% of their total headcount. Basically, what they said was that, you know, we needed to realign and get the right numbers in place and et cetera. Uh, Carvana, who I think is garbage, but Carvana's 1,500 employees, 8% of the workforce. Carvana is excessive automation, but you still have to have a human involved when you show up to claim a car. And so I suspect that Carvana's situation is they just overstaffed based on what they were doing. And then they probably have some incompetence. Foxconn, which is out in uh, overseas, that's the iPhone supplier. There's a hiring freeze, so they're not letting people go. They're just doing the hiring freeze for right now. So not getting any new one, new people. GE Appliances, 5% of workers. Amazon, 10,000 workers is 3% of their workforce. Now, the thing with Amazon, Amazon is constantly hiring, like constantly hiring. Every time you turn around, they're hiring something. The problem with Amazon is that the good jobs, as in the ones that pay, the ones that are stable, the ones where they keep you, the ones where they take care of you, they require ridiculous education requirements and all sorts of nonsense. They, you, they're not as flexible as they say they will. So the jobs that we're talking about are going to be your low-level in, I'd say, 80% of the case. Some of these are HR people, which is surprising. And then you have a little bit of IT, but not a lot of IT. And then Twitter, everybody knows, they had cut 50% of the workforce, by close to 4,000. <laughs> and then they got rid of the contract workers. So the contract workers, they had a lot of contractors on deck at Twitter. And they pretty much cut almost all, not all, but almost all the contract workers and half of the true employees. So... 
Jack, who used to run Twitter, at one point even said, you know, I grew too fast and there's just too many people and it's his fault. Well, it is true it's his fault, yes, but to have as many contractors as they did is rather surprising because contractors, when companies prefer contractors, it usually means that you're screwing regular people out of the job that they should have and could have because you choose not to do that. Meta, which used to be known as Facebook, but Meta, 13% of the workforce in Canada to try to slim down, mostly because the idiot Mark Zuckerberg thought that his stupid metaverse was going to be a thing and he failed. So that's what's, that's what's causing that. And, you know, I'll keep going down. Amazon has a hiring freeze. This is separate from the layoffs I just talked about. Seagate deals with storage technology, 8% of the workforce. Declining demand for the parts. Microsoft, a 1,000 people let go. That's a small amount, but it is what it is, mostly because of Windows licenses. They they bank their business on Windows licenses, so that doesn't surprise me. Zillow for homes, 300 employees. So what they're now doing is they're basically forcing higher levels of technology in their whole deal, which I think is a mistake, but it is what it is. HelloFresh, which is a meal kit provider, they're going to shut down some of their some of their locations that's going to cut jobs peloton everybody not everybody but people know about peloton for the fitness equipment uh, has some cuts oracle has some cuts gap has some cuts the clothing store on and on and on nordstrom of course <laughs> and that's sad to see nordstrom because nordstrom is a really good store on and on and on and on and on now all i wanted to go through there it was to talk about the different companies and what they're doing and their motivations and why now, here's where it gets kind of sketchy. If you didn't know, I'll tell you the story. As a business owner myself, I can tell the story in this. In 2020, when the pandemic was hitting a fever pitch, the government extended aid to businesses, to small businesses, regular businesses. And as part of the aid, there was two different types. One was purposely designed for you to retain workers. So it was based on the number of workers you kept. So a lot of these a lot of these businesses hired people to maximize this loan because there was no other condition other than how many people got on the books, right? And you have to keep them for the duration of the loan. So this loan is based on how many people you get. You got this big windfall loan. And then you could get it forgiven based on if it was used for payroll expenses. Basically, that was the measure. Is If you prove that you used it for payroll, the loan is forgiven. So it basically becomes a grant. Then there's another loan, which is more for disaster loans, and that's not forgivable. And companies took advantage of that one. Well, the payback for that second loan has just recently started for the majority of companies, December. Some companies might be a little bit different, but in most, it's about December if they applied around the same time. So then you got two things here. You got this other program here, that's purposely designed to entice you to hire and keep workers. It expires, so there's no longer aid, so there's no longer any incentive to keep those workers. Two, you got this other loan, disaster loan funds, and if you took advantage of that one, you're going to have to pay it back, which is money out of your pocket now. So some of these companies are probably looking at the books and saying, you know, <laughs> we have all these extra people on payroll, and payroll is almost always the number one expense for a business. We got all these extra people now. And despite having all these extra people, we now got this other loan that we're going to have to pay and we're no longer eligible to get any more money for having these people. So we're just going to have to slim down and cut and figure out how we can get down to bare bones, nothing. I know organizations where they're running one person per role, which is really dangerous 
one person per role to do these things instead of what you should have, which is a primary and a backup, right? So they're slimming down for these two. They're slimming down because they no longer have this freebie money for hiring people. So there's no longer any incentive to excessively hire. Second, you have this other loan that they're going to start paying back. That's going to cut into their pocketbook. So they have to find that money somewhere to them makes logical sense just to cut these people so that I can recoup some of the money that's flowing out as a result of having them on the books. I'm sure that there's in some cases like say Nordstrom, right? Nordstrom demand has been hurting them. The decline of physical stores, which I think is bad has been hurting them and other factors. But generally speaking, I do think that a lot of these are just a byproduct of the fact that when you give money like that with a condition that says, do this and we'll give you this money, they're, you're you're expecting the best out of these companies. And that's not what the way they work. They're going to do whatever they can to keep their bottom line. People will get pissed off because they hear CEO made billions and billions of dollars, but the bottom line is we knew that though. We knew that going in. My call to action or at least advice to anybody listening that might be affected by any of these layoffs or has or has a theory that you might be. I'm not pointing blame at you. It's not your fault. You wouldn't have known. I will say if it's a larger company, and sometimes you can't tell, but if it's a larger company, as part of your screening, when you get in there, hopefully you're getting the opportunity to ask the right questions. And hopefully you're asking, you know, I want to make sure this is a long time something. I want to make sure that this job is not going to be at risk later. Is this one of those jobs that's at risk of being cut? In some of these, they're cutting HR people. So those HR people, they were hired just because they needed to do a hiring run, right? So they needed more people to screen. Well, that's a dangerous thing because if you ask the question, why are we doing the hiring? Well, because we have to ramp up. I was on the verge. I actually did start with them. Matter of fact, I think, yeah, I only started, only did for two weeks. There was a company during the period where I wasn't making any money and I worked a little, like a little call center type thing because I have customer service background and I'm really good at it. And I didn't care doing it. It was whatever, just get it by. And during this process, they straight told me, yeah, we got demand, it's seasonal, you know, whatever. And if everything's good, then we'll hang on to you, but it's all seasonal. So I already knew what the deal was going in, but that's customer service. And the money wasn't that great, you know, it was whatever. <laughs> so I was willing to do it because it's money, money's money. But I already knew what was, go what was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna last. And so I was already out there looking for what I really wanted and ultimately didn't end up finding it until, you know, as I told you on the on the previous episodes, May in this year. And that's when I found my, you know, my first endeavor. So a lot of this is understood that you have to get something. Right, you got to pay the bills. You got to keep food on the table, roof over the head. And I'm not criticizing that decision. All I'm saying is make sure you know going in when it's going to be a temporary something, or it might be at risk of this kind of a thing. Sometimes they'll lie to you, being honest with you, and hopefully they won't. But just be aware, be in the loop, be thinking about it, because I wouldn't want people to have, think it's a dream job and it's a great. It's Microsoft, it's Amazon, it's a dream job or something, and turns out you're treated like this because of factors outside of your control more than anything else. There, there, many companies are prone to lie, so I'm not suggesting that it's easy. I'm not suggesting that it's straightforward. I'm simply saying, make sure to ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask, ask the questions during the screening. Ask the question, is this job one of those that's at risk? Is it seasonal? Do we expect it to be cut? I want something long-term if you want something long-term. If you want something that's temporary, no problem. I still think you should be aware that it's expected to be temporary versus long-term. And... If you get in one of these situations, make sure to ask questions on the way out the door. You know, if there's 
something else, some other position or something else that you could have done to have been worth keeping? I think it's worth asking the question and you should not be, in my opinion, afraid to ask the question because you're entitled to be treated a certain way. I've always said it. Know your worth. Just know your worth and be proud of who you are, regardless of the level of the job, because it doesn't really matter whether it's the janitor, the toilet cleaner, or somebody in the head office. Everybody has a value to the company. And if the company doesn't recognize it on their kicking you out the door, okay, they weren't worth working for anyway. But if it's something where you didn't know going in that it was going to be treated like this, ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Just say, this is what I wanted to know, and that'll help you grow and get better. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process. That's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.